The UEFA Champions League is back as this year's group stage kicked off in style. It was another European night to remember at Anfield as two of this season's favourites played out a classic. Firmino shoots and scores! The substitute has surely won it for Liverpool! He puts one hand over one eye. He doesn't care if he can't see everything, but they can see a win in here. It was another Messi masterclass at the new Camp. And there's another chance for Messi, who has a hat-trick. Would you believe it? Match day one, Leo Messi already with a treble in the UEFA Champions League. And in the Principality, Atletico came from behind to edge out Monaco. Coco over it, it's going to be a right-footed outswinger into the danger area and met by a firm header from Jimenez. It's a bullet and Atletico have come from behind to lead at half-time. Elsewhere, there were match day one wins for Inter, Dortmund and Galatasaray. We'll bring you all the analysis and key reaction to all the night's matches and hear from Mark Van Bommel, Mauricio Pochettino and Rajan Eingalan. So stay with us right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Parrott and alongside me is European football expert Andy Brassel. We waited and waited, but what a start to this season's group stage. Yes, it, it absolutely was. And, you know, sometimes when you can build up a game so much like we did between Liverpool and Paris Saint-Germain, it can fall a little bit short. This is a game that met every possible expectation right up until the final seconds. It certainly did. Goals galore everywhere. Let me run through all of Tuesday's match day one results. In Group A, Monaco 1, Atletico 2, Club Brugge 0, Dortmund 1. Group B, the early games, Barcelona 4, PSV 0 and Inter 2, Tottenham 1. Group C, Liverpool 3, Paris Saint-Germain 2 and Svena Zvezda 0, Napoli 0. And in Group D, Schalke 1, Porto 1, Galatasaray 3, Lokomotiv Moskva 0. By the way, join us live on Wednesday night via UEFA.com or the UEFA Champions League app. Full commentary as the holders Real Madrid face Roma and Shakhtar host Hoffenheim. Plus, we've got extended updates as Valencia take on Juventus and a certain Cristiano Ronaldo. Don't forget to download the next UEFA Champions League podcast as well for analysis and reaction to all of Wednesday's matches. But let's start our review of Tuesday night's games with that big match at Anfield. Mike Sewell describes the action. And we have our first goal at Anfield and it's been scored by Liverpool. They lead by a goal to nil, scored on the half hour by Daniel Sturridge. It's a big goal for him and it's a big goal for Liverpool. Milner steps forward and beats Ariola low to his left. He celebrates in front of the cop. There's a huge roar from Milner. You know how much it means. Liverpool 2, Paris Saint-Germain 0. Cavani goes for the uh, overhead kick and eventually it's sent in by Thomas Mounier. And Paris Saint-Germain have pulled a goal back. Liverpool have it midway inside their own half with Mohamed Salah. It's another loose pass from the Egyptian. Neymar picks it up, heads towards the Liverpool penalty area. It's all the way through. Mbappe! 2-2. Paris Saint-Germain have equalised. And it's their World Cup winner, Kylian Mbappe, who's got the goal with seven and a half minutes left. And Liverpool only have themselves to blame. Paris are level at Anfield. Firmino shoots and scores! The substitute has surely won it for Liverpool! 
everything, but they can see a win in here. Commentator Mike Sewell with us now. We expected big things and boy, they did not disappoint. I still think back to the moment in the first half, probably about 20, 25 minutes in when you said, oh, we put the, <laughs> we put the dampers on this one because it's still nil-nil. And suddenly, bang, we had three goals in 10 minutes. Uh, Liverpool scoring the first two inside six minutes. Sturridge, which was a really big goal for him, given that that was his first UEFA Champions League start for Liverpool and he's been at the club five and a half years uh, and the, he's had the seasons that he's had with injury and the fact that he came in for Firmino um, and then Milner got the penalty after Bernat's foul on Wijnaldum at that point you just felt Liverpool are going to really turn it on here maybe get another goal before half time instead Paris went up the other end and scored themselves through Mounier and that just kept them in the game even though in the second half for much of it Liverpool provided the greater threat with a more um, the more rhythmic of the two sides uh, and of course it didn't quite go that way seven minutes to go Mbappe gets on the end of a Neymar run finishes really clinically and you think well Paris have got a point here and they nearly got themselves three didn't they they, mm. they went through it was blocked and then Liverpool go up the other end and substitute Firmino who was the man in, in the headlines prior to kickoff gets the winning goal as so often he's done in the past. How big a win is this? It's only match day one, but the celebrations at the end from Jurgen Klopp, from, from everyone after the disappointment of losing the final in Kiev, to have another great European night, how big do you think this win could be for Liverpool? Well, one, it's a marker up against Paris Saint-Germain and obviously they've got Napoli in that group as well, but also much has been made of the fact that after that defeat to Real Madrid in the final last season, a lot of clubs would have maybe been on a bit of a downer. Mm. But Liverpool felt that it was almost like just the start because they weren't expected to reach the final last year. They were on a bit of a train. They were picking momentum and they were going to build on that. And I think it was really important tonight for Klopp and his players to build on that by getting a victory against another team that are desperate to win the UEFA Champions League, in their case, for the first time. And they've done it. I know they've done it at the death, but they've done it. I, I agree totally. I mean, they've not dropped the ball for, for a second. You know, it seemed that the minute things were over in Kiev, they started systematically eliminating any weakness they had in the team. And then by coming back to the Champions League in this sort of style, with this sort of performance and with that sort of ending, I mean, they've shown that, they're, that they really are genuinely among the contenders all over again. Well, let's hear from two of Liverpool's heroes, Daniel Sturridge, but first, Andy Robertson. You know, I think all the fans, all the players, everyone around this club has been waiting, you know, for Champions League to start back since May. And, you know, we got off to a good start and then, yeah, we made that a wee bit hard for ourselves. But there's nothing better than a late goal when, um, you know, Bobby's came off the bench and, and done that. But, yeah, you know, to a man today, we were, we were brilliant, I thought. Yeah, it was a great ball by this man here. Yeah, yeah couldn't um, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Trent have got a little comp going on, so, yeah, it's good to help him out. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a good night for the team and we're really happy to contribute um, you know, with the team today, but it's, it's early days anyway and it's, it's only one game, so we're not going to get too excited. Well, I think some people almost forgot that Daniel Sturridge was still a Liverpool player in the summer. Can we just talk about Andy Robertson, though? Um, I mean, he kept Kylian Mbappe quieter than almost any other defender has for ever since Kylian Mbappe burst onto the scene a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, and I, I think to be a full-back in the modern game to contribute in an attacking sense and still keep the back door shut. I mean, you have to be really exceptional. I mean, he had that unlucky moment in the first half um, where Liverpool were well on top, 2-0 up, and then the, the, the cross from, from the left-hand side from Di Maria sort of deflected off the back of his leg. He didn't really know where the ball was, and Thomas Munier 
uh, hooked it in, but he didn't let that phase him and continued playing really well. And, you know, these Liverpool players have grown, I think, individually and collectively. I think you, you look at Gigi Wijnaldum, who didn't even start the first leg of the, the semi-final against Roma, but came on after the shock of the injury to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, which they knew was bad from the off. And, you know, he, he picked things up straight away and he made sure Liverpool didn't miss a beat. He's been terrific as well. James Milner, I think, was one of their top performers tonight as well, who, you know, I, I suspect many would think would just be a squad player for them now. But, you know, he's not giving up his place without a fight. And, you know, Liverpool surprise and exceed expectations at every turn. What about Paris Saint-Germain? It's all about the, the Champions League this season. It has been for, you know, a number of years. And I guess they would have thought, terrific point having fought back from 2-2 but now there'll be questions of them having lost their opening game for the first time I think in 14 years. Yeah and, and also the fact that the three front players I mean it's no mean feat is it to keep to keep one of those quiet let alone all three of them quiet during the course of an evening I know Mbappe scored the goal from Neymar's run but that was towards the end but for much of the night all three of them were kept relatively quiet by Liverpool that that shows how strong Liverpool have become at the back um, since the arrival of Alisson, Van Dijk and, and Robertson as well. And, I mean, you've got Joe Gomez in that back line as well, another young player. And to be doing that, and also in Paris's, um, from Paris's perspective, they would have known that this was probably the, the key game in the group to see if they could win it. I, can, I know Napoli are not going to be um, walkovers by any means, but they would have felt that Liverpool are the ones that got a challenge for winning the group. Um, they did it last season. Can they do it again? I, mean, I don't know. After that performance, it's going to be a big game in Paris on match day five. It certainly is. Uh, elsewhere, you mentioned about Napoli being no walkover. Sven Zvezda as well, uh, back in the competition for the first time in more than 20 years. And they held Napoli. Nil-nil it finished in Belgrade. Lorenzo Insigne hit the bar in the first half for Napoli. But Sven Zvezda had chances as well, including a decent effort from Richmond Boyaki, but it finished nil-nil there. So this is how Group C is uh, after one match day. Liverpool top of the tree, three points. Svena Zvezda and Napoli have one apiece and then Paris Saint-Germain have uh, zero. Wednesday the 3rd of October, match day two for Group C. Paris Saint-Germain, Svena Zvezda and Napoli against Liverpool. The games in this group are going to be brilliant. But in Group B, our early commentary came from the Camp Nou where Barcelona took on Dutch champions PSV. This one was watched by Mark Scott. Messi goes for goal. Oh, yes! Lionel Messi with another vintage strike. And who else to score the first goal in this season's UEFA Champions League? Dembele with a little wriggle away from a couple of challenges. Dangerous now, though, towards the D. Goes for goal. Oh, it's another stunner. And it's Ousmane Dembele who doubles Barcelona's lead. Out of nothing, Dembele with a dash and a dart to the edge of the area, and then a drive beyond Yeronzut, who could do nothing about it. Suarez waiting for the ball in the centre, Barca perhaps in the mood to go on and get more, and do! Lionel Messi on the volley from about 10 metres out. And there's another chance for Messi, who has a hat-trick. Would you believe it? Match day one, Leo Messi already with a treble in the UEFA Champions League. Well, he really has laid down a marker before anyone else has had a chance to blink. Barcelona 4, PSV 0, Messi with a hat-trick. What a start for Barcelona and Andy Brassel. What a start for Lionel Messi. 
Exactly. The first goal of the UEFA Champions League season, and it was a wonderful goal as well. And he needed to be at his very best today because PSV were a lot better than the 4-0 scoreline suggested. And I think it says a lot for what Barcelona were forced to do is that their goals were of the, the highest order. Mm. Um, Messi, fantastic again. Um, and, you know, no one scored more in the group stages than him uh, as, uh, after now, as um, we've heard today from Paul Saffer. And um, Usman Dembele contributing too. And he's come back as if he really wants to be a big part of what Barcelona do last season after being held back by, by injuries this season. But, you know, if you think Messi started last season on such a tear when Barcelona were nowhere near favourites for La Liga or the UEFA Champions League. But when Messi puts his mind to something, he said at the start of this season that winning back the Champions League is the big thing for him and the big thing for Barcelona and they owe it to the fans this season. And when he says something like that and when he starts like this, you have to sit up and take notice. Yeah, you definitely do. Well, the PSV head coach and former Barcelona midfielder, of course, Mark Van Bommel, believes the result perhaps flattered his former club. 4-0 is, um, is a big, uh, big difference. But at the end, the details are deciding the game and, and Barcelona was uh, in the details uh, better than we. But OK, we had also some very good things, but it wasn't enough to, to beat uh, Barcelona or to get a point. It will be very difficult because Spurs, Inter and, and Barcelona are the favourites. But we, are, we, are not, we always have a chance, and today as well. But the details are deciding the game and, and Barcelona is older, more experienced, so it's a pity it, it is 4-0. Van Bommel disappointed. PSV did cause Barca problems. Three of the goals came late. Um, is there, if you're watching that as another of the, the big guns, do you see any parts of Barcelona's performance where you think, oh, there's still holes there? They're a little casual at the back, I thought. And I thought that PSV kept them titillated for a while was underlined by the fact that Samuel Umtiti ended up picking up a second yellow card when they were 3-0 up. Yeah. You know, so they were still being stretched at that point. They're going to really miss Umtiti, who, you know, some would argue is, the, is their best defender for that second game at Tottenham. So I think that adds an interesting little twist to the group as well. And I think PSV can, can go and take points off these other teams. Going to be fascinating. Well, elsewhere in Group B, you mentioned Spurs are in the section. They were beaten away at Inter. Um, they took the lead through Christian Eriksen, slightly fortunate effort deflected um, and beat Handanovic, but Inter came roaring back. And who else but Maru Icardi, who scored so many goals last season for them and over the last couple of years, um, scored uh, his first in the Champions League on his debut in the competition. A wonderful effort from the edge of the box. And then in the 92nd minute, Matthias Vecino heading home, a couple of headers in the penalty area, wonderful celebrations. And... Back in the group stage for the first time in seven years into Andy, and, and what a win that is. Absolutely. They desperately needed that, especially after their poor form in Serie A recently. Um, they've not been particularly strong at San Siro either. Uh, well, I think what coming from behind almost suited them. I think Spurs were almost too comfortable going into that last 10 minutes. They looked good at, at 1-0. And then that touch of quality from Icardi. And as you say, he did so much to, to bring them back into the Champions League. It was a wonderful goal. And it means so much to him. He feels that Inter is, is his club, even though he's taken a sort of roundabout route to, to get there. And uh, Vecino, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, um, who scored the goal to get them in the Champions League in the first place on the final day against Lazio last season, again contributing. And this could be a launch pad for them to, to get back going again, not just 
in the Champions League, but domestically too. But it's easy to forget that Inter, because they're such a big club, because they're a relatively recent winner, they haven't been in the competition since 2012. So they have less experience than Tottenham. So this is a great, great win for them. Massive celebrations at the end. I love a late goal like that. Just <laughs> everyone's involved in the celebrations. Well, despite the fact that the winner did come so late, Inter midfielder and new signing Raja Nangalan felt it was the right result. We deserved the win, even with a, with a draw, I think. We didn't deserve it because uh, I think we played a very good game. We were patient, they got a lucky goal. And uh, at the end, uh, you know, when, when you got the feeling that the goal will arrive and we deserved it, then I think deserved the win. If you're losing the game, there is always a possibility to come back and to win the game even. So this was uh, the thing where we fight for today and yeah, it arrived how we wanted it. Well, perhaps um, unsurprisingly, Spurs manager Mauricio Pochettino disagrees. He says his side were the better team on the night. I am happy with the performance, but so disappointed and, of course, so uh, annoying because I think the players deserve more and the team deserve more. And in two action, uh, we concede two goals and, and, of course, you lose uh, the game. I think until we concede the first goal, the game was uh, under control. We create the best option. Um, after we concede the draw, um, everything can happen in a place like uh, San Siro. And now it's, uh, it's so important to look forward and to understand that that is football. And always when you are in a negative period, it's, it's so difficult to bounce back and, and start again to build your positive uh, results. Well, you mentioned it there, three straight defeats now for Spurs in all competitions. And in the end, a disappointing night, it started so well. Very much so. And it's, it's a big challenge. Uh, for them from here. You know, there's been the suggestion of, of World Cup fatigue with uh, Trippier and um, Alderweireld not coming for the game. They'll be back, of course. Um, but, but the fact is, Spurs did everything, almost everything right in last season's Champions League. And having started with a result like this is, is disappointing, but they're going to have to prove they, they can come back and they know they can produce top-level performances in this competition. And that's what they're going to have to do from now on. Well, in Group B then, Barcelona and Inter lead the way with three points. PSV and Spurs pointless. Match day two, 3rd of October, Tottenham-Barcelona at Wembley. What a game. And PSV against Inter. In Group A then, Monaco 1, Atletico 2. Our third featured game saw, uh, well, last season's Europa League winners win in the end. Commentary from Jonathan Beck. Too much space to operate down the right-hand side for Sadibi. Chips it in, Saul gets there first. Falcao then robs him. Falcao into the box, pulls it back. No way through. Oh, is that? It's saved and it goes in. The touch from the goalkeeper, not enough. And Samuel Concia makes sure it's Monaco 1. Atletico Madrid nil over the top. No offside this time. Costa is in and Costa scores. Atletico level, he's missed once, not by much, but this time the deadly Diego Costa brings Atletico level. Going to be a right-footed outswinger into the danger area and met by a firm header from Jimenez. It's a bullet and Atletico have come from behind to lead at half-time. And it's Monaco 1, Atletico Madrid 2. Well, Jonathan joins us now. Atletico were slow starters last season and it cost them, but they were slow starters uh, on Tuesday and it didn't, Jonathan. It's a decent comeback for them. Yeah, it is. And maybe this is the moment that they can kickstart their season with because we talked before the game, both Monaco and Atletico had just got the one win in domestic matters. Both had got real pedigree in European competition, but struggled this season. You know, Monaco have had injuries. Monaco have had a big turnover of players. Atletico, well, maybe it's a World Cup hangover. Maybe they just need hard work, as Diego Simeone suggested, and they did work hard. They were the better side for most of the first half. 
fell behind when Samuel Grancier managed to net in a scramble, but it wasn't too long before Diego Costa was back among the goals and linking up with Griezmann well to bring them level. And then that bullet header on the stroke of half-time from Jimenez, the defender, made all the difference in the end. Um, Diego Costa, talking about his relationship with Griezmann, said, we know the size of the player he is. He showed he's incredible. We're developing more and more of an understanding, and there is a good connection there. And he acknowledged it. It's a tough place to come. You know, the spirit in ensuring they got the win was what was the most important thing. And how important do you think that, that opener could be? As you mentioned, they, they haven't been great in Spain so far, but they showed that typical Atletico fight in Europe, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. And that's what uh, Diego Simeone teams do. That's what you expect them to do. I mean, it's uh, an interesting match day too. And before that, they've got uh, Getafe and then Huesca and uh, Real Madrid. A small matter of those three before they face Club Brugge. So, yeah, an interesting run of games for them between now and match day two. Certainly is. Elsewhere in Group A, Dortmund beat Club Brugge by one goal to nil in Belgium. Christian Pulisic. And no longer teenager, turned 20 today and scored, having come off the bench. A bit of a freak goal, uh, a clearance uh, bounced up off his shin, looped over the goalkeeper, but an excellent start for Dortmund. So uh, wins for them and a win for Atletico means that they sit top of the tree. And on match day two, it is Dortmund against Monaco and Atletico against Club Brugge. On to Group D, Schalke. One Porto, one Andy Brassos was another thrilling game. Yeah, a tale of two penalties, really. It looked like Ralph Furman, uh, the captain of Schalke and their goalkeeper, had started to turn their season around, saving a first-half one uh, from Alex Tellez, very reliable from the spot, normally the Brazilian, uh, before uh, Schalke took the lead. Well set up, great counter-attack goal. Weston McKenney laying it on for Briel and Bolo. Uh, but then it was another spot kick for Porto, converted by Otavio, the Brazilian, probably just about the right result. 5,229 days after Porto's last visit to Gelsenkirchen. <laughs> and what did they do then? Um, did they win the trophy? They certainly did. Yeah, that is good mathematics. You definitely saw that somewhere because uh, there's no way that you could have. That is impressive. I've been counting since uh, <laughs> 6 p.m. Central European time. Sorry, you've been so quiet. Anyway, <laughs> elsewhere in the section, this is a big result for Galatasaray. 3-0 win at home to Lokomotiv Moskva. Yeah, and they've had some disappointments in the Champions League recently. So for them to come back like this is is absolutely fantastic two seasons later. And uh, really, it's all about Gary Rodriguez. Uh, Lokomotiv found him too hot to handle all night. He scored the opener. Brilliant second from a free kick by Aaron Derdiok. So inconsistent, but capable of the spectacular. And Sedchuk Inan, the club captain, coming on to get the third from the spot. Well, match day two in this one. Lokomotiv host Schalke, Porto against Galatasaray. So Galatasaray scored three. So too did Liverpool Mike Sewell and, uh, and Jurgen Klopp's a happy man. He certainly is. And he, referring to the, the winning goal scored by Roberto Firmino, he said it was unbelievable and so deserved for Bobby. He said the day before yesterday, and this is in reference to the injury, no chance. Yesterday, no chance. Today he came to my room and told me he was ready. But what about Daniel Sturridge too? Wow. Typical quote from uh, Jurgen Klopp. And just very quickly, Paul Le Guen, the former Paris Saint-Germain player and coach, says, for me, this Paris side doesn't have the profile you need to win the Champions League. They're too cobbled together. Very interesting quotes. Well, that is about all we have time for on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. And what a start to the group stage it has been. At Anfield, Liverpool saw off Paris Saint-Germain in a five-goal thriller. We expected it, didn't we? A Lionel Messi hat-trick inspired Barcelona to a comprehensive 4-0 win over PSV Eindhoven. Atletico earned a hard-fought 2-1 victory at Monaco. And Inter 
Dortmund and Galatasaray also kicked off with match day one victories. It really was a brilliant evening. Join us from 1800 CT tomorrow night on UEFA.com and the UEFA Champions League app as the holders Real Madrid kick off their title defence against Roma, Shakhtar host Hoffenheim, Valencia Juventus. But from us for now, from all the Matchday Live team, it is goodbye. And there's another chance for Messi, who has a hat-trick. Would you believe it? Matchday one, Leo Messi already with a treble in the UEFA Champions League. Well, he really has laid down a marker before anyone else has had a chance to blink. Barcelona 4, PSV 0. Atletico corner, right-hand side. Coque over it. It's going to be a right-footed outswinger into the danger area. And met by a firm header from Jimenez. It's a bullet. And Atletico have come from behind to lead at half-time. And it's Monaco 1, Atletico Madrid 2. Firmino shoots and scores! The substitute has surely won it for Liverpool. He puts one hand over one eye. He doesn't care if he can't see everything. But they can see a win in here. Liverpool 3, Paris Saint-Germain 2. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.